Welcome back, Literary Slammers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are delving into books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, we are continuing my just delightful unit on utilitarian animal death, I guess. Amazing. <laughs> um, which the, <laughs> the book we read this week is one of the classics of the trope. Um, but before we get too far into that, uh, Anna, do you have any info for us about the history of this trope? <sighs> to steal one of your phrases, here's the thing. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Drag me. Uh, so here's the thing. I, I don't really like there's not we all know what coming of age novels are, right? Uh huh. There are novels where people come of age. I have, like, a little bit of information about that. As to, like, the origin of when animals started dying in stories, <laughs> who the fuck knows? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Now I'm trying to, like, rack my brain and see if I can come up with, like, a really early example just to sound erudite. Um, <laughs> Bambi, but... <laughs> Bambi. I think that... Did that predate uh, the yearling? Also, that's Ooh, that's know. not the thing we're talking about because that's an animal dying to make an animal sad, not an animal dying to make a human sad. That's true. That mm. is true. I haven't read Bambi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did find some interesting... There are some things that like I didn't know mm. about coming-of-age novels or, like, um, I guess, a different name for it. There's, like, a German name for it called Bildungsroman, mm-hmm. which um, is... A German word, building, which is education, and roman, novel. Um, so I guess these these have been around. Like the earliest one that they have on Wikipedia is <laughs> from the 12th century, and it's like a philosophical. It's an Arabic philosophical novel, um, called the in English the improvement of human reason, exhibited in the life. Hold on. Exhibited in the life of Hey Eben Yokdan. Apologies for that being incorrectly mm. pronounced. I just went for it. I'm sorry. Uh, and <laughs> it's a novel where this guy grows up on an island um, and he's completely isolated from people, but learns a lot of life lessons from animals. Oh, um, this also sounds a lot like a Robinson A. Yeah. Precursor. Yes, as well. So maybe our Robinson A. A Robinson Aids buildings romans building. Ro- mm, mm. There's a lot of hard words to say right here up at the top, and I've already had a glass of wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so he's like on this island, and then after 30 years, or once he's 30 years old, he meets another human for the first time. So I don't know. I guess that that is like kind of the opposite of what we're doing here, where it's like. Where it's like they meet a very special animal for the first time and then things get sad. Um, I also found a very funny TV tropes page called Death by Newberry Medal, which is essentially this trope where the Newberry Medal or Newberry Award winners, uh, which is an American award given to children's books that have a lot Mm -hmm. of impact. Usually they just make you cry. Um, yeah. But it, it lists a lot of uh, Newberry Award winners and also uh, nominees, honorable mentions, whatever. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've been a kid. I don't remember what they're called. Where animals or people have died. 
So it's kind of a thing. It's a thing people are aware of. It's a thing that's like for kids, I guess, like having having your pet or a close friend that has some sort of long-term illness or something or like an allergy to bees just suddenly die is a good way of grown up showing that age of end of the age of innocence or whatever i don't know i hate them i hate them all this is such a stupid unit (laughs) (laughs) i'm very sorry that the unit that i brought as a thing i don't like is causing you so much pain (laughs) i know i don't know if i've said this on recording yeah i know i've said it to you personally but i just i'm not even gonna bother trying to find one i think you'll like i'm gonna find one that's a different animal sure and i may find one where the main character is not a boy okay but like (laughs) that's as far as i'm going (laughs) unless you give me some real good solid leads at the end of this episode here (laughs) yeah yeah kind of getting into i guess then what we thought about this book which i don't think we've said is Old Yeller by Fred Gibson. Yes, right? yeah. Um, I know typically I would be the one to go first, but it seems weird for me to have brought it up and not ask you, so I'll say, what did you think of this book? <laughs> <laughs> well, having just read The Yearling, um, mm-hmm. I, I was not... I'm glad this one was short, at least. Um, but yeah. it's basically an extension of that book. Yes, I think that this book was, as the kids say, streets ahead of the yearling <laughs> in terms of quality and having a plot. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost liked this book. There was the trope that I didn't like in it. And actually, I thought I thought for a minute at the end it was going to avoid that trope. I thought that they were going to recognize, like that this dog had worth outside of how it was utilitarian for humans, but then it was just like, no, fuck that. Got a new one. (laughs) (laughs) Got a new one. We're going to teach it to hunt. Like, okay, cool. Um, Spoiler, I guess. But yeah, aside from that, I thought this was a much better version of the yearling. So kind of going into who I would recommend this for, if you listen to our yearling episode and we're like, huh, that sounds kind of interesting. I don't know why the fuck you would think that after, <laughs> after listening to our yearling episode, but whatever. <laughs> like you do you. I'm not here to, you know, harsh your your joy in dead animals. Um but if you listen to it, you're like, oh actually I might kind of like that or I know a kid who might like that or whatever. Maybe don't read that one because we already spoiled it for you, but read this one instead because yeah. it was better. Stop I think it was shorter. Now. It was better written. It'll take you an hour and a half to read. <laughs> it it's um a lot a lot a lot of the same <laughs> to the yearling. Yeah, if you like books where you get to read in depth how someone performs chores and other things you'd have to do on a farmstead, again, mm-hmm. here it is. This is your book. Of the, I think, four books, four or five, five, the five books we've read in which chores feature heavily, (laughs) which would be Hatchet, Robinson Crusoe, Little House in the Big Woods, uh, Old Yeller, and The Yearling, I think this is the best chores book. I agree. Like, I think the chores are the least boring in this book. There was some chores that I was like, huh, okay cool cutting up a pig's ear this is something i didn't know about and i guess is somewhat interesting and kind of gross so like that's fun 
but it is still very much a list of chores. Yeah, yeah. I will say, though, that Fred Gibson was like, I know when to cut it short. Like, y'all don't mm-hmm. want to read in depth about how we planted all this corn. But I will tell yeah. you the interesting part about how we had to scare skunks away from the watermelons. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> he knew he knew what would be good to read when it came to having to read about chores. <laughs> Yes, yes. So good job, Fred. A plus. You deserve this Newberry. <laughs> okay. Well, my, my summary for this one is pretty short. Um, cool. I've got a lot of things to comment okay, on, so, so say, I'll be I as annoying as usual. About. <laughs> <laughs> also, sorry. Hold on. Sorry for my mouth noises in this and prior episodes. My apartment is a thousand degrees and the AC is not working and I have like 18 fans running. So I'm eating cold fruit in order to try to not have a heat stroke. Sorry. (laughs) I'm editing out as much as I can. And I know mouth noises annoy some people, but I'm doing my best. Freeze your underpants and then wear them. (laughs) (laughs) Just be uncomfortably wet. (laughs) The way you said that, like the intro to it sounded less like a nice life hack for dealing with no ac and more like a creepy kink thing mm, you should freeze your, <laughs> you underpants. Should freeze your underpants how frozen are your underpants right now describe the so underpants in so season. frozen <laughs> they're rock hard <laughs> i knocked them on the counter and they shattered uh all right. Now that we've got the, the underpants out of the way, <laughs> Travis is a 14-year-old boy whose absentee father is traveling from Texas to Abilene, Abilene, Kansas, to sell some cows. And I say absentee father because that's like a thing in these books, right? Dad just like fucks off. That's a thing. And also, because I'm so glad you brought him up, I want to talk about Pa because what is with these books mm-hmm. and having a fuckable Pa? <laughs> What is the deal? <laughs> All right, like, tell me why he's fucking This Because this is how he's introduced. I remember how it was the day Papa left. I'm sure it's not pronounced Papa, but I'm going to. I remember his standing in front of the cabin with his horse saddled, his gun in his scabbard, and his bedroll tied on back of the cantle. I remember how tall and straight and handsome he looked with his high crown hat and his black mustaches drooping in cow curves past the corners of his mouth. Mm. And then, like, right after that, it goes on to say that, like, he wishes goodbye to all of them and, like, loves on Mama. Like, he just full on is making out with his wife in front of the children. They're two sons. But, like, that's a thing in these books, right? Because that was how it was with, like, Little House, right? Where, like, Pa is just the best and so attractive and beautiful and, like... And also unavailable. (laughs) Yeah, and Penny is, like, every woman wants to fuck him. Like, what's the deal? Even though he's supposed to be short and ugly and useless? (laughs) Yes, but, like, there's just something about these men, these daddies, that is just so alluring. (laughs) Someone make... The daddy dating simulator, but make it like prairie daddies. But it's all, it's all (laughs) dead animal fathers. (laughs) Oh my God. They're going to go sell some cows uh, to make money, I guess. And the whole settlement 
of men leaves except for one extremely useless man that they've left behind <laughs> under the guise of like someone needs to protect our women folk but he does nothing except spit chewing tobacco everywhere he's like he's like older right I think is so. the the like he's like too old to be I imagine a farm like 60 man. maybe yeah which speaks volumes to the life expectancy of these cowherds in general if this was the only old man in the town <laughs> i didn't think of that but yikes <laughs> they're all getting bit by rats yeah. and shit or eaten by bears. <laughs> yeah. Or wild pigs. Any variety of dangers. I just, I don't know how people existed mm-hmm. before we all had, like, neighborhoods in the suburbs. <laughs> I just don't. Or, like, cities. I don't get it. I mean, we're going to find out soon as the collapse of society is That imminent, is true. But... That is true. I'm going to have to brush up on some survival skills because I think, or... Mm-hmm. Gotta get hatchet Would it back be out. better for everyone if I was just, like, one of the first wave to go? <laughs> I think that's that's a personal choice we'll all have to make in the coming days. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute for first wave deaths. <laughs> whether whether we want to be the Carls or the Lorries, you know, like that's gonna be. I want to be. I want to be part of the biggest statistic of deaf people, dead people. Okay. That's when I want. Okay. Go. Just. I've always been a follower. All right, that should be pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would like to be like, um. Not one of the ones who dies immediately, but not one of the ones who has any skill whatsoever, but is just, like, being dragged along Mm. and getting, Mm -hmm. like, continuously more and more, like, um, terrible things happen. And it makes the audience feel really bad because they're just, like, this poor innocent, you know, person. But then also everybody's like, why are they still here? Like, they should be dead, right? They would have taken her out back and shot her already. (laughs) I think that's the role I'm meant to fill. But then, like, something like just the most traumatic thing happens and you fucking snap and then you just, you're, you just, all you do is you're a kill machine. No, I think, I think I would probably just keep being sad and pathetic. cry. (laughs) You're, you're a tear machine. Yeah. Uh, Travis had had another pet dog that recently died because it got bit by a rattlesnake. This was the other weird thing about this book, right? Because that's usually the setup of these dead animal books is like, this is the first brush with death. But it's like, no, this kid is like, this kid is basically a servant of Hades at this point. He welcomes death like an old friend. Yeah, he's totally fine with it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and this is more like, Old Yeller is more like the other kid's dog, right? Like, yeah, he kind of stole him. Kind of a weird perspective. <laughs> it is. I I thought for a while that it was going to be fully like Nick Great Gatsby situation, where it is Arliss who is like the character who is right. the one learning about death, and Old Yeller no, is Daisy. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's a one to one comparison here. Uh huh. <laughs> oh. His name is actually Old Sport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so travis has given up on dogs he's dropped the habit and he instead craves a horse that his papa has promised he will buy him with the cattle drive proceeds so travis jones him for a horse he has his mother and his little brother little arliss to look after and he takes his role very seriously like to the point where i'm like annoyed whatever <laughs> always yelling at his little brother i actually found travis to be 
the closest thing to a believable 14 year old like mm. in these books kind of all the chores books we've mentioned that feature children and i am including robinson crusoe in that fuck that guy fuck that dude <laughs> um, but yeah i felt like he was the like he acted his age the most right That's true. Like, yeah he did do he had his own little sets of boo-boos and 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 bad times that he had and he also he was like he was at that very awkward of like i'm trying to be a man who controls my little brother and mother but i also have to listen to my mommy because she is my mommy <laughs> mm. uh but i just hated little artless i did not care for this little brother at like even though even after like the big thing with the bear happens and this and traps is like i realized i actually did love my little brother i was still like i don't though i don't know i didn't really like their relationship <laughs> i didn't like i don't know I felt like it was a believable relationship for the age gap that they had. I wish he would have thrown rocks at him. I wish I wish Travis would have just thrown one rock back at little Arliss. It's unacceptable. I don't know if that's the right call. <laughs> violence always is, uh, you should always meet violence with more violence. Throw rocks basically. at children. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, throw rocks at children 10 years younger than you all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. I also wonder, this might be getting a little personal, but I wonder in general how you feel about like reading sibling relationships in books because you were an only child for a lot of your childhood, more or less, right? This is true. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like, in general, are you like, I don't get this? Or are you like, I enjoy experiencing this thing I didn't experience? Or is it just not a thing you think about? Um, I th- it's just like a... I don't know if I even really... Because I always, like, really notice when there's a sister relationship, because I don't have a sister, I'm always mm-hmm. like, oh, this strange sister relationship, how novel. <laughs> like, I always find those interesting, but... I think it's always, for me, this, like, I don't really know what is or isn't a believable sibling relationship. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, if if you grow up with someone from a very young age... I don't, I just, I just don't understand what that's like. And so for yeah. me, a lot of the time I'm like, this is stupid. This would never happen, but it probably would. <laughs> Cause see, I thought most of the shit with little Arliss was pretty like, again, there's a bigger age gap than between any mm-hmm. of my siblings. But like, I was pretty much like, yeah, this is, this is how annoying little siblings are as both mm. like my own annoying little sibling was and how I was to my older sibling. Like, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see like the kind of like condescension from the older sibling being like oh i'm just so much more wise and mature than they are which like i've definitely done mature yes i'm so mature and also just like the little sibling being like fuck you i do what i want to the like i i no shade to either of my brothers in this i'm put, I putting myself like... in the bad guy position in both of these but <laughs> as is your as is your lot in life as middle child mm-hmm, exactly but i feel like Maybe in your situation, the older sibling would have thrown rocks back. That's <laughs> regardless true. Regardless of the age gap. That's true. My older brother did run me over with his bike one time. That is exactly what I am <laughs> I am thinking of in this situation. <laughs> because I was beating him in a race and he couldn't bear it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I guess it's, I'm just like... Why does no one do anything about this piece of shit younger sibling? <laughs> Someone's got to put Why him in Why do they place. let this younger sibling do these things? Well, I think that's, like I said, because of the age gap, just because I think there's a certain point, like when a, God, I can't remember how old we were th- when that happened, but when a, let's say, 
seven and nine-year-old when a nine-year-old runs over their seven-year-old sibling with their bike because they're mad about the seven-year-old winning the race. That's like, okay, kid stuff. If a 14-year-old chucks rocks at a five-year-old, it's kind of fucked up. (laughs) That's no longer cute kids being kids. I mean, I don't think running your sibling over with a bike is very cute. But it's a fun again, story. maybe this is just that weird thing. I don't it's have any siblings. Story. I don't know. <laughs> I hold I hold no ill will towards him for that. I didn't even remember it until I read about it in a paper he wrote for school and I was trying to copy off of two years later. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> uh well, one night a big yeller dog comes and steals some big hunk of meat they had left lying around Mm -hmm. and travis is pissed because he is now the man of the house so he's mad he yells at the dog he's like you stay away and never come back or i'll throw rocks at you this is their go-to really is chuck and rocks yeah their weapon of choice in this household is rocks (laughs) which i guess if you have like the one gun and it has limited bullets and they're expensive and also guns are kind of bad at the time yeah maybe i'd go with rocks too but i don't know i feel like one of them should have at least figured out a slingshot yeah or like a pocket knife or something well pocket knife's no good for throwing you can't that's well i mean you could it's just a lot more deadly (laughs) yeah but it's one time and then you've got no more pocket knife (laughs) that's true that's true i don't know what the voice is about pocket sand they should employ pocket, pocket yes. sand here in Texas. Oh man, how else should this fourteen-year-old uh, beat up his five-year-old sibling? <laughs> <laughs> Tree limbs. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, the probably cast iron cookware Mama uses. There you go. Because if we learned anything from Disney's Tangled, it's that hitting people over the head with cast iron frying pans doesn't cause brain damage. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's actually. really good and funny. <laughs> uh, little Arliss has taken a liking to this here yellow dog, and Travis's mom is like, "Let's just keep the dog." So Travis is like, "Fine, but I'm be real salty about it." He's also. I didn't know when to bring this up because it's actually more at the beginning of the book, but it's kind of throughout. He takes a liking to this old yeller dog and we're told at the beginning of the book, this is kind of, you know how in the yearling we talked about how they talk a lot about the nature of things. Mm -hmm. The version of that for this book was explaining how really obvious names were given to things because they do it with old yeller at the very start of the book. They're like, we once had a dog named Old Yeller. We called him that on account of he was Yeller. And also, he yelled. <laughs> they do when that. When he barked, he yelled. It sounded like a Yeller. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, and they do it with uh, the fucking donkey or whatever, whose name is like Jumpy or something. And they're like, donkey. Jumper. They call him Jumper. And they're like, we called him Jumper. On account of there weren't no fence, he couldn't jump, couldn't not near jump over. And it's like, all right, cool, thank you for that. And they do it with people are bad at naming, right? They do it with Spot. They're like, we call her Spot because she got spots. And it's like, well, that's a stupid fucking name for a cow, but okay. Hate your cow's name. (laughs) This is bad. Hate everything. There's another one they do it for too, but I I think it's actually a person at one point has a nickname, and they're like, he got that nickname on a counter, and it's like. You don't have to tell us how all of these things are named. Like, it's already kind of obnoxious that you have, like, (laughs) 
so, like you're you're <laughs> overthinking these. Sometimes things just have names and they're just names, and that's okay. Like I don't need to yeah. know the origin of the name. This is this is true. You could have just said this is our cow cow spot, and we would have been like, okay, tracks that tracks. You could have done that with any of these animals. You could have been like, this Truly. is our dog, Old Yeller, and I would have been like, sure, that sounds like a dog name. That sounds and legit. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> like you didn't have to do this. It was very kind of like I said um, to you via text that this felt like fan fiction of the yearling. It's a very fan mm. fictiony thing to do, right? Like, my yes. name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Way. Like. On a counter. <laughs> <laughs> On a counter, I'm... I'm, I'm related so... to Gerard Way. <laughs> I'm so goth. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. I'm glad you remembered her full name. I, I like that about you. Saying... I like that that's a fact about you. <laughs> I'm gonna stop saying here's the thing and stop. start saying on a counter. On a counter. <laughs> On a counter. <laughs> <laughs> And you have to say it with with like that Texan accent every time, mm-hmm. but then completely talk normally afterwards. Yeah, that really very good and accurate Texas accent I've been doing. Yes, it is. I feel like I'm there. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Texas. <laughs> uh, Travis thinks that old Yeller is pretty much useless on account of the fact that he <laughs> ran away from some bulls that were fighting each other because they were wild with testosterone or something. <laughs> You know, like bulls do. As as bulls are wont to do. That was another thing with this book in general was like, I guess this is me on a counter, me being city folk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just was not really expecting like how farms worked in that like there was uh-huh. no control over any of the animals. Yeah, man, you just you just let them all go. They're like in the forest and shit, and you're like, well, I gotta go get them now. I guess I'm like, is that what they did? But I guess so. I mean, I guess yeah, I guess they're all just like mostly feral. I can't imagine Fred Gibson would make that up. Yeah, I just that's why I'm saying like I just I don't understand how people lived, and I mean, props to our ancestors and stuff. Whatever, I couldn't do it. I'm very much a product. Of the 21st century. <laughs> well, I guess like no, you- 20th. 20th century, but mostly. I'm a millennial, so you know. Take away my phone. Never. No, I cannot live without my phone. I cannot live without my phone. I cannot live without my love. <laughs> phone is love. Phone is life. <laughs> this is spiraling. <laughs> this is, Okay. Old Yeller proves his worth because one day he comes in on account of the fact that he saves little Arliss's life while little Arliss is being a little dumbass. I just fucking spit up water all over everything. (laughs) That was so gross. (laughs) But it is nicely cooling. Oh, good. Just dump it all over you then. A very flash dance moment. Mm -hmm. Just in your chair and then the water falls on you. She's a maniac, <laughs> maniac in her computer chair. <laughs> that was the first draft. It didn't go over so well with audience. They're like, we don't really know what computers are. They're like really big and no one has chairs to deal with them <laughs> yeah. right now. It's the 80s. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> little Arliss is trying to capture a, a black bear cub and he refuses to let go of it. And the baby bear calls out for his mommy bear, who is super angry and tries to kill little Arliss. But Old Yeller shows up and barks at her until everyone can get away safely. That bear did nothing wrong. 
<laughs> Truly. <laughs> what? Okay. This kid. I think the situation was, because I was definitely not closely reading this book. Mm-hmm. I think the situation was that little Arliss was trying to capture the black bear cub, and the black bear cub, like, scrambled up the side of a ledge, mm-hmm. and little Arliss was just hanging onto its leg and wouldn't let go because he didn't want to fall. Now, I... I was also not reading this very clearly, but came up with a wildly different scenario. What's your scenario? I thought this took place in a body of water of some sort. Uh, oh, <laughs> like a lake or something. Be. And I thought the black bear had gone out and was drowning and Arliss went out to help it. And then, like, it started freaking out and Arliss was like, I gotta get it back to safety. But I may have just been giving Arliss far too much credit. I thought he was just trying to capture stuff because that's... Travis was like, my little brother always had his pockets full of animals Pocket that were snakes. alive. And then my mom said, no more alive animals. So they were just dead in his pockets. I got a pocket, got a pocket full of dead snakes. Dead snakes. <laughs> <laughs> now I kind of want to watch Easy A. Is that song in Easy A? Yeah, is it the song that the card snakes plays snakes. every time they open it up? It's like a card that plays that song. It makes everyone happier. Oh. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of a different song. No, I think you're anyway, right. I think Easy I just, A is a good movie. I think I've only seen Easy A like once. I think I own it on DVD. I think I also own it on a DVD that was like five different high school dramas or something. That sounds like a great DVD collection. Mm-hmm. And like that one amanda Bynes movie that's like based on the seven dwarves or whatever was on it i think what no, never mind this doesn't have anything to do with anything <laughs> there's an amanda Bynes movie i think because there was like okay there was the hillary the seven dwarves there is the hill i think it's like sydney sydney white or something and it's like i think it was they did the hillary duff cinderella movie and then they're like we're gonna do this again with another young disney slash nickelodeon starlet and do a retelling and it was snow white and i think she did like it was like sydney white or something like that this could be a fever dream i i I, sydney white from 2007 yeah see i'm right a modern retelling of snow white set against students in their freshman year of college in the greek system wow it's amanda Bynes in it and it is amanda Bynes. yes two for two wow I'm gonna need to watch that. You don't. No one. I fucking love trashy, trashy, like high school, college movies from Mm. the mid 2000s are so good. (laughs) That's our next podcast. Anyway, um, we can't. So (laughs) after after the bear incident, Travis loves the dog and takes them all over the place, including to go castrate some hogs and take parts of their ears. I guess to track which ones were castrated. This was like, there's always this moment in these type of books where it's like a historical novel or like a book that someone's writing about like a very specific subject in the pre-Google times where writers will be like, this is the thing I researched, right? Like, this Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. the thing that I looked up in the library and I know a lot about it now and I'm going to write about it because I can't bear that I wasted this much time having researched that and i didn't really research (laughs) corn because that didn't seem interesting to me so we're not going to talk about the corn but we are going to talk about the various ways in which pigs pigs ears are cut in order to recognize which pig belongs to whomst 
it's going to feature heavily in this novel. And in fact, it does. I also thought about maybe doing a game called, um, like, is this a term for a pig in this book? Or is this something okay. from D&D? But I didn't, I didn't complete it because I think it would have been obvious. But I do want to read this one passage. Beholder or yeah. Sal. <laughs> I do want to read this one passage because it was honestly the most confusing thing I've ever read. And I read it three times and I don't know how to Go parse. for it. Let me find it real quick. Okay. This is talking about pigs that live in the woods. <clears throat> <clears throat> and it was because of this that nearly all hog owners usually left four or five old barrows or bar hogs as we called them okay i follow this so far more or less barrows <laughs> there are three names for these pigs so far yes barrows are called bar hogs because it's an abbreviation of barrows i don't know what a barrow is but it's something piggish okay <laughs> to run with each bunch of sows okay all right i know sows are girl pigs the bar hogs weren't any more vicious than the bars. What? You've lost me. <laughs> what are the bars and how do they differ from the bar hogs? What does that mean? <laughs> but they'd hang with the sows. Okay, sows, we're back on. Got it. And help them protect the pigs. Wait, wait. No, these are all pigs. What are you talking uh, about? The pigs and shoats. What the fuck is a shoat? When generally... <laughs> When generally the boars pulled off to range alone. That's too many names for pigs. I think that was eight or nine names for pigs in that one. Like it was one sentence, essentially. Yes. What? What are we? I was like, and I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, okay, I think boars and bars might be the same thing. And that like might the be phonetic like, versus actually spelling it out. Yeah. And that might be like a wild pig or a real horny man pig. Right. <laughs> part man part pig all horny <laughs> i said man but go with it and then sows are the girl pigs and then pigs and shoats maybe those are like baby pigs only the baby piggies. and then like barrows are like barrows slash bar hogs are like neutered pigs right so i mm-hmm. i kind of get what's going on but it's still far too many names for pigs <laughs> Uh, he, I'm telling you, that was the that was the research that you were talking about. <laughs> just pigs. You just wanted to show it all off. You know, this could be this could be our segment from Morph Monday, but mm-hmm. I think I think we save the googling for. I'm not gonna look. We it don't up. bring I, that into this half of the podcast. I usually look it up when it's some weird archaic thing that I don't understand, but I just was too exhausted after reading that three times in a row. I thirst. <laughs> I also have one of those pitchers that like filters water as you pour, it's a big but it makes Brita it pour. Filter. Yeah, it makes Sponsors it pour Brita. real, real slow, so it takes forever to fill something up. <laughs> one time, one time I was at a <laughs> so off topic. This uh, so whole I used to go to a dinner theater just... with my aunt every year for my birthday. Cute. Um, and I don't remember what it was like a musical and in a dinner Cats. and i don't remember what musical it was we went to go see but in the front row the tables get like right up on the stage mm-hmm. and in the front row it was like they were singing some slow sad song and this woman goes to pour a drink and the microphones on the stage pick it up <laughs> so it's like they're all singing quietly and just <laughs> amazing it was very good I'm so glad everyone paid $60 a seat to go listen to that. 
Wow. Uh, actually, I think it was a lot more. I don't remember. I never paid. It was my birthday present. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm one of these random pig outings, hog outings. Travis and Old Yeller both become pretty badly injured by the, the pigs. The hogs, pigs, barrows, bars. I don't know. And Old Yeller gets his belly sliced open, and Travis gets a real nasty wound on his leg. And so Travis, like, builds this cave thing for Old Yeller to, to lay in, because he cannot move. This dog is, is too sliced to pieces. He can't move. So he builds him a cave, and he, like, shuts him in there, and he's like, I'll be back soon, boy. And he runs home to get his mama to help him bring the dog home. And they have to, like, create this sleigh sled thing out of a blanket. And they, like, cart him home on it behind Jumper, the donkey who can jump. <laughs> the amazing donkey that jumps. <laughs> uh, come on down to the old Travis farm. See our amazing Jumper, the jumping donkey. Spot the cow with one spot. See Jumper, the donkey that does the jumps. And old yeller, the dog who's yeller and yells. And old. <laughs> little Arliss, the littlest boy you ever done seen. Little Arliss. He's little. And Arliss. And Arliss. <laughs> also featured the pigs with eight names. <laughs> and of course, Ma. <laughs> we call her that on a counter she birthed me <laughs> and then they have like an empty cage and it's like come see the invisible paw who claims he was doing a cow run all the way up to kansas we have not seen him since <laughs> we promise he's so so sexy he is so handsome so handsome with his mustaches oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. Travis and Old Yeller are on bed rest for a few weeks. There's this girl. Okay, so the old man that was left behind mm -hmm. because he was too useless for the cattle drive has a granddaughter who very, like, Travis has some sort of feelings. He doesn't know how to communicate because they never talked about emotions <laughs> on while they were too busy tending the farm. And the girl very obviously is making moon eyes at him all day long. They'll probably get married, but I don't want to read the sequels. No, absolutely not. She's also 11, which made this creepy to me, because I feel like that's it too much of an age gross. gap for a 14 and 11-year-old. Like, y'all need to stop eye-fucking. This is weird. <laughs> but I will say, that aside, Lisbeth is 100% the best character in this book, as she is so 100. fucking ride or die. She is like... Yes. Like, she sees old Yeller stealing shit down in town, and they're talking about it, and she pulls... uh, um. I forgot this dumb fuck's name. Travis aside. Travis. And it's like, Travis. Travis, on account of the fact that he Travs all the time. <laughs> Travis, I must tell you, I saw this old yeller dog eating the chicken eggs. But I tell you, Travis, I won't never say nothing about nothing. <laughs> on a counter. <laughs> on a counter, the fact that I love you. On a counter, the fact that old yeller knocked up my dog. And my dog's about to have puppies, old Yeller's puppies, and I ain't snitching on no dog that knocked up my dog. It's like, that all makes right. us kin, you hear? <laughs> like, you have morals and you will stick to them. <laughs> I appreciate that about you, Lisbeth. 
She's very good. I hate it. So, so her dog eventually does have the puppies and she comes to bring one as a gift to Travis. She's like, here, I got you this dog that my dog made. And Travis is like, great. I bet my little brother will love it. And she's like, bitch. Excuse me. How dare you? How dare you re-gift this gift in front of me? And then, and then like, man, Lisbeth really is the unsung hero of this book, man. Lisbeth like comes to stay on the farm because her grandfather's like, well, well, on a counter, Travis got all traved up and now he can't go out and farm the farm. You're going to need some- And Pa's still invisible. Pa's still invisible. And little Arliss is just too dang darn little. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Y'all can borrow Lisbeth. Lisbeth can stay here and help y'all on the farm. And then, like, Travis is like, oh, she's just a girl. What could she do? And then, like, a week later, he's like, well, Lisbeth was doing everything perfectly and better than me. Well, I'm out of a job on account of the fact that this girl is real good at being a farmhand. <laughs> so strong. So powerful. This 11-year-old if girl child. If I didn't child. love her before, I sure do now. <laughs> uh, so she has to. Help, she stays there and she helps work. And also there's like this bad case of rabies going around. Or, as this book calls it, hydrophobia. Mm. A nearby bull gets it as well as spot rest in peace spot pour one out for spot uh, i know so anyway travis is to shoot the bull and spot and um ma and elizabeth have to take well, I don't, yeah, they carry the carcasses away from the house and burn them because they don't want, you know, like rats to eat the rabies skin and then get rabies and pass on to everybody else. It's a good idea. It's a good plan, except for it takes for fucking ever. But um, on their trip If only to, they had a strong, powerful paw to help them. Or like a flamethrower or something. That would be good, too. <laughs> be You're right. Good. Who needs men? We have flamethrowers now. We have flamethrowers. That's why the future is better. <laughs> we just keep inventing things to replace men with. It's fine. <laughs> they have to so old yeller goes with them on one of their trips to take the the rabies cow away from the house however on their way back a wolf also with hydrophobia attacks them and old yeller gets bit so when they get home travis has to take old yeller out back and shoot him on a counter the rabies on a counter the hydrophobia Uh, but as we said, it's kind of okay because Elizabeth gave them the dog, the puppy, and Travis is like, well, he has some old yeller in him, so I guess that's better than nothing. And then dad comes home and he's like, here's a, here's the horse you crave, Travis. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's where I want to give this book credit for a little while. I mean, mm-hmm. on a counter, not here's the thing. <laughs> on a counter, I want to give this cre- book credit a, a little bit. Um, they. During this part, there is a lot of Travis being legitimately depressed about this dog and not just immediately being like, on account of the dog dying, I did done become a man. Um, Yes, this is true. He's very sad about it. And he actually really doesn't want the puppy at first. And the horse, he's like, fuck this horse. This is an old yeller. And for a while, I was like, oh, cool. Like, he's actually sad about the dog and doesn't just want to replace him with another dog. But then his dad's like, you gotta forget him, son. And Travis is like, what the fuck? And his dad's like, well, you can't really forget him. No. 
Oh, no. You can't really forget him, but you gotta be a man and move along. I'm real proud of you for being a man now, son. Thank God that dog done died so you could become a man. (laughs) And that's that's the end of all the That's old Yeller, guys. And it ends with, like, again, the the last, like, because fucking Yearling did this, too, where the last sentence was just, like, fucking awful. The, The very last sentence of this book is, but the way I figured it, if he was big enough to act like old Yeller, he was big enough to start learning to earn his keep. So, like, again, it's this whole idea of, like, animals are important because of their utility to man. And it's like, I get, you know, that's the times. And, yeah. And even now still, I'm not, you know, 100% saying, like, animals and humans should be treated as equally important in fiction. But I I do think it's just very simplistic and kind of shitty to just be like animal, like old yeller, especially like the only reason Travis loves him. Like he straight up beats the shit out of him when he first meets him. He like kicks the shit out of him because Travis is a dick. Um, <laughs> he's not, a, he's not, he's a not good, good guy. but like he loves him because he performed a service for him. Like that's the thing with animals yeah. are supposed to be like unconditional love, right? Like that's the whole yeah, deal. Yeah, that dog just like entered your life and just all he did was love you, even after right. he threw rocks at his head. But Travis's love for Old Yeller is so fucking conditional. He's like, well, he now can herd that, cows. Now that you did something for me, I guess I'll not beat the crap out of you. And it's like, well, that's bad. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> That's not great. That's not, not a good, a good look. look. No. But okay, so if we were to if you if you had to describe a book, the ideal situation in which an animal was used as a learning lesson for a human. Yes, okay. I can deal with it being a learning lesson for the human if we respect the animal's agency, I guess. Like, that's kind of the thing, mm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like all of these books are so, like, it doesn't matter about what the animal was doing before or after or, like, what the animal... Like, I don't want to be like, oh, what the what were the animal's dreams? But, you know, like... <laughs> I feel that, like, these books so often reduce animals to just being a prop for growth for humans, and I don't like that and i'm not saying they cannot Mm -hmm. be helpful for human growth but there has to be something deeper there and i don't know how you vet that when picking out a book so i'm very sorry (laughs) for creating this impossible task uh truly um i i'm cursed with this trope (laughs) but like i said if i you know i'm just i'm just gonna pick another book that doesn't sound like it has to do with farming (laughs) <laughs> if yeah i was gonna say if we want to go with other things in general about animal death that i would like to like if uh, ignoring the utilitarian thing for a yes. second i would like it to be set in closer to modern times if possible and i would okay. like the animal to be ideally i want it to be a fun animal something interesting like a okay. pangolin that's probably not gonna happen but like, yeah i don't think that's one on my list here <laughs> I do have an idea for a book. Okay. And if it could have a girl main character, that would be nice. Just because I'm sick of these whiny boys. Change this up. Christ. And I would like to see how, because so often the animal death thing is like, this is how you become a man. I don't think we have that same idea for 
You gotta see women. a cat die to become a woman. <laughs> That's so weird. Oh. Yeah, I think I think I have an idea that fits I fits those loose terms. I don't know about the utilitarianism or no, yeah. not utilitarianism. No, I think is that right. the word? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how how the You can't vet for is. it. Yeah. Oh. But he, but the animal does die at the end, so Which is yeah. the important thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll read that. I won't tell you yet though. No, don't. It's a secret. But speaking of well, I guess first, before we speak of what we are reading next, we got to talk about other books we'd recommend. Mm-hmm. You got one? <sighs> I haven't read anything in so long. We went on a trip and I brought, I downloaded so many books on my Kindle. I was like, I'm going to get so much reading done because we're going to be driving on the road. And uh, I didn't read anything. It seems I, like um, a lot of excuses. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I I did read a book a, a, a couple years ago, or maybe it was last year, um, and it was one of those like free Kindle downloads I got. So I really didn't know anything about it until I started reading it. So, I mean, it's not it's not the best thing I ever read, but it was certainly very interesting, and I really liked the 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 conceit of it. But basically, the main character is uh, what's called a beast charmer, and so I guess she's from this not race of people, but group of people is kind of like how like i don't know they're like these people that have the ability avatar to rules charm and work and kind of <laughs> charm and work with animals and and develop relationships with them and they kind of like can talk to them and and whatever and they can use them to fight but that's kind of like ah, a bad thing rules. to do if i'm remembering correctly they're supposed to not use them in that way but anyway the the, the stronger the animal that you um can charm the stronger you're seen as and so she's like going on this quest to find a super mythical powerful creature in order to charm it and then also there's this guy that's like he's the leader of this group of assassins that's trying to kill her and then they also like fall in love Mm, (laughs) so it's it was good i was very impressed for it being just like a book i downloaded for free on a whim like a kindle indie sort of thing a kindy is that a yep, weird thing that's to say? definitely what people say <laughs> i'm starting it right here right now um i was pretty impressed with it it's it's it was good it's called kingdom of exiles i haven't said the name of it you, no you I? hadn't no i was gonna ask but you got there lol you want to give us the- kingdom of exiles <laughs> by maxim m martineau oh, that sounds good i might have to check that out yeah 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 i recommend um also, I don't. I think I think this episode comes out beforehand, but I don't know. Umbrella Academy season two comes out at the end of the month. I really like the first season. It's not a book, but it's a we, comic book. We've been playing fast and loose with what books are in this podcast for a while. Yeah, so this is this is definitively not a book. It's a television show, but it is based on a book. Comic. There you go. Graphic novel series. What about you? What you reading or not reading? What you watching? <laughs> I would like to recommend. Uh, Pet, 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 P E T, like. Meow. Oh, here. I'm is. doing a petting motion. Um, that's not good. <laughs> and for also meowing. Meeting. And also meowing, which isn't really. I mean, I guess. Um, but <laughs> it, which is a book by Akweke Amezi. It's a YA, but I would definitely say older YA. Um, and I will preface this with the warning that it does deal heavily with themes of child abuse. Uh, so mm. if that is something that is triggering for you, 
either go in with that knowledge or maybe skip this one. But uh, so it's a book that's set in this like utopian future in which this town, I guess, has destroyed all of the monsters, the monsters being like bad people. So like politicians who are liars and like billionaires and also like uh people who beat their wives and like basically just any any societal ill they've gotten mm-hmm. rid of those people they've like sent them to rehab and like fixed the issue and jails don't exist and it's like a utopian society right so there's this kid mm-hmm. named jam who um is living in this time she was born after the monsters were all taken care of and everybody's like there's no more monsters there's no more monsters right and then her mom who's a painter um has this ability that if she makes certain paintings and then someone bleeds on them i'm not sure if it's her or like just her family line or anyone but if they get bled on they come to life right and oh cool jam bleeds on this painting accidentally and brings forth pet who is this angel in the biblical sense of like weird creepy creature with a thousand eyes sort of deal um okay like monstrosity essentially like the that sort of angel right where it's like terrifying Mm -hmm. to look at so like pet tells jam and her parents that like pet is there to hunt down a monster and her parents are like there are no monsters but pet tells jam that the monster is in her best friend's house so jam is like i have to do something about this because my best friend is in danger so like then it goes on from there of like kind of this idea of like generations not um, like believing that they've done so well that the next generation can't be suffering in this way. Right. Mm -hmm. And then also just kind of like dealing with issues of like uh, abuse and how these sorts of cycles get repeated, even when you might think they're broken. Um, And it was a really well-written book. Like every few sentences was like a knife stabbing me in the heart and then also nice. I cried at the end because it was a lot. So Dang. if you like sad books, I would recommend this one. I wouldn't yeah, I really recommend Old Yeller. Me. I was on board till the end. Yeah, I think it would be kind of too sad for you. But I <laughs> <laughs> I do think it was really, really good. And if you are into crying and being sad, but also like hopeful, then it was a good book. Wunderbar. All right. So next week we're doing Animorphs. Yes, um, we're reading Animorphs, the next book. Yeah, which is twenty one, and it's another Dave, the second of the David trilogy. But I can't remember the actual name of it. The threat. So that's gonna be next week. So excited! I really, I really can't wait to hear if they survive this this tumbling through the air, or if yeah. Rachel and Tobias will catch them. We left it on a cliffhanger. Who knows what happens to our friends, Such the Animorphs. Maybe they're going to die in this book, and then the next, like, 30 will be a Damn. completely different set of morphs. It'll be just Rachel and Tobias, which, honestly, best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd miss Marco and Axe and Cassie sometimes. Jake, <laughs> Jake can stay, though. Jake can, Jake can permadie. That's fine. Anyway, the week after that, we're going to be finishing Anna's unit on... The prince marries a dumb dumb. Uh, yes. Or the princess. Or the princess. Or the duke. So I had trouble finding a book for this to wrap this up because it's kind of hard to actually tell like 
what the romance, I guess, what the couples end up happening. And if it's like oh, minor, yeah. then it's not mentioned at all, you know, like in synopsis. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought of a book. Actually, the first book I thought of uh, was to make you read the second book in the Holly Black uh, series, which starts with um, Cruel Prince, I think. Uh, Ooh, yeah, but I was yeah. like, I can't make you read the second book. That doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> I own the first one. <laughs> you, you gave it to me. So I thought of this book that I have actually read before. And I think this would be the first time we've done this. I think I've recommended it on this podcast. Um, and I'm pretty sure you would like this book. Okay. And I think it technically fits the brief of it being interclass relationship in which the person okay. who is lower status is also stupid about what's going on. Okay, okay. Um, the book that I'm thinking of is Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik. Ooh, I do love her stuff. Yeah. So much like Terry Pratchett, I feel like this is cheating because I know you like Uprooted, but I think I this does Uprooted. fit the trope. And I looked at your Goodreads and I don't think you've read it. I have not. I have not okay. read it yet. I need to mark it as one to read, actually. I just did. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I would I would gladly read an extra 80 pages yeah. of Naomi Novik. The only thing I'm worried about with it is that I, well, maybe I shouldn't say this because it will kind of taint going into it paint away yeah it's like one of my favorite books and i'm kind of just looking for an excuse to reread it and nice, i'll also nice, probably nice. be upset if you don't like it <laughs> <laughs> i mean if we start the unit with you not exactly liking one of my favorite books yeah, of all time yeah, yeah. it would only be fair that i didn't like it well here's the thing you didn't like the second book which On i counter. liked as a kid so i feel like we're even at this point so maybe <laughs> you'll like this one yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to a book we're going to read for this podcast. It's not <laughs> It's always a good feeling. Uh, anyway, in the meantime, if you have any books you would like us to read, either because you think we would love them or because you think we wouldn't like them at all, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are also on all your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of them, you definitely should on account of our great jokes. <laughs> if you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't use Apple Podcasts, that's all right, because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of Fred Gibson, well... Lil Arliss was a screamer by nature. He'd scream when he was happy and scream when he was mad. And a lot of times he'd scream just to hear himself make a noise. Generally, we paid no more mind to his screaming than we did to the gobble of a wild turkey. <laughs> I just like, this child sounds feral. It's like, <laughs> this child sounds like he needs a podcast. <laughs> That was just us. That was my impression of us for the last hour and a half. <laughs> In the meantime, right? Are we ready for that? Are we ready to be done? I think we're ready to be done. 
Any last thoughts? Oh, I also I also was just looking. Apparently, William Gibson has released a book this year. <laughs> I thought he was super dead. Oh, no. I did too. No. Okay. William Gibson, like Neuromancer. I thought you're... Yeah, for Neuromancer. Some reason, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally just thought the author of this book was William Gibson. <laughs> no, it's oh, not. that is confusing. Fred, old Freddy. Maybe they're related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 